Only Jesus. Only Jesus. <laughs> we have had great men and women who have passed this way, but only Jesus. He makes a difference in whatever the situation is. Today, I want to share with you probably a little bit out of my own character, um, my way of doing things, but just to share with you the truth. It is first Sunday. It is the moments immediately after Pentecost, that time in the life of the church when the disciples obeyed their master and gathered in the upper room with expectant hearts and as they waited, as they deliberated, as they reasoned, as they prayed, as they looked up, God surprised them. It is my prayer that the Church of God at Constant Spring Road will experience one of those moments again. I'm very careful and in fact mindful that I cannot speak in absolute terms this morning to say, well, you must do so and so as it And one of the questions I would want to ask today is, has the hemorrhaging stopped? It is a useful question against the background of my presence. For just a little over 12 years ago, it was said to me, the congregation is hemorrhaging. What is meant by this term? It is the continuous flow of blood. And the Bible makes reference to a woman who had this condition for 12 years. And I found it rather interesting last night that the Lord would remind me that I am here since 2003, June of 2003, three, to June of 2013, rather 15. That makes 12 years. So I want to draw from that and ask the question, how many of us are still hemorrhaging? How many of us will be mindful of the fact that God is always speaking truth? How many of us will come to the realization that hemorrhaging is a dangerous thing? It will lead Come on, help me. To death. For life is in the blood. And if there is no blood in the body, it means that we are 
dead. And I would like to suggest that there are many situations that can cause hemorrhaging in a human life as it is in the church. But I said, though, that I want to speak to you out of my own characteristics, outside of it. But then, the word is, the deficit will continue or will increase until the people of God change their beliefs about the Spirit of God. Until we are prepared to change our belief about the Spirit, we are going to continue on the same path. For some people, Pentecost was just an emotional encounter. Let the saints say amen. For that is how it is viewed by some people. That Pentecost has no real place in the church of God. Or for that matter, in the body of Christ in this 21st century. I must tell you that when the Spirit entered the room where the disciples were praying, where they had congregated for some time, people on the outside said they were drunk. <laughs> so it's not new. It is not strange to hear the sayings. People have said all manner of unkind things about the manifestations. But may I remind us today that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the disciples and all those who were there with them experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in a marvelous and unprecedented way. Something they had not seen or experienced before. Something some of us are longing to experience. For indeed, there is a difference in the filling and the filling. Because we cannot operate as God's children without the Spirit. We cannot live the holy life without the infilling of the Spirit. But we need that special unction from God. If we are going to go with the gospel. The word says, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And then you will go out and you will be my witnesses. The Spirit entered the meeting room, the place where they were gathered to wait. The Spirit brought surprises and filled the meeting place with indescribable excitement. Things that they just could not 
quite understand. They couldn't comprehend. They had not seen anything like this before. For it was the same old um, service of thanksgiving that God chose to show up and manifest his power. And so people had come expecting the same old. My brothers and sisters in Christ, when we come to church, when we are gathered in the name of Jesus, we should expect God to show up. When he shows up, he will do that which needs to be done. But if we come with our agendas and we say, God, we are going to work according to that which we have prepared, we are going to lock him out. The question is, have we been locking out the spirit? Have we? It's a question. And that question must be answered by us. For indeed, if we have been locking him out, then there is really no excitement in our worship. If we have been locking him out, all that we have been encountering is, uh, 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 well, a really flat, ordinary, monotonous kind of coming together where it is the same old and nobody is excited and want to go on. Worship must be different because the Spirit is with us. The Spirit changed the agenda they were accustomed to. The mundaneness of how we conduct the affairs of the church has left very little or no room for the Spirit to work. May I suggest, for the Church of God at Constant Spring Road to be a credible witness for God, then, as a people, the people of God, we must change our beliefs about the Spirit. We must not see him as a noisy character. We should not see him as one that comes with and, and promote disorder. We ought to see the Spirit as the one who comes to the church and gives life to the worshipers. The one who brings clarity to the things we don't understand. My brothers and sisters, we must understand that we cannot lock the spirit in a box and then expect him to do wonders. And then we ask questions, why are others prospering and we are still hemorrhaging? We must change our thinking about the Spirit. We must also, as a people of God, develop the capacity to trust the Spirit of God. So often we trust our wisdom. We trust 
or cleverness. Because I am clever, I can do it all. My brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter how clever you are. It doesn't matter where you went to school and the degrees you have come out with. If you are not being driven by the Spirit of God, you are still at base one. Until we get there. For it is not my education really will make it happen. It is the Spirit. And the day of Pentecost is a classic reminder that God chose not the big names among them, but he chose Peter, the ordinary servant, to proclaim the word. And we must learn from it. If God could choose the ordinary... To confound the wise, we must take note that the church is not an organization. And I'm going back to basics. The church is an organism, a living body, and it cannot be operated on the same principles as we use in organizations. We must find spiritual things to run the church. Or we are making a mockery of the Bible. And really and truly, I surely don't want to have anything to do with such organization. We must change our thinking about the Spirit. We must develop the capacity to trust the Spirit of God. We must be able to say, Spirit of God, have your way. Even though this is not how I'm accustomed to it, God. But I am sure you are doing it. Have your way. Amen. For sometimes the Spirit moves in ways that will be different. And it is said that Jesus never um, healed all persons by speaking the word. Some he would tell them, you go and make the miracle happen. Go make clay. Well, well, he, he, he did clay and he put it on a man's eye. And then another, he said, listen, you go down and you wash. And another, he said, so and so. Never the same way. So how the spirit works today or how he worked yesterday. He may not work the same way today, but we need to know. We need to know and we need to trust his wisdom. As the people of God, we must cease to limit the capacity of God to bless the church. God is able to use the gifts and talents that are here to bless us. We can, but we must get involved. We must get involved for the right reason. We must get involved for the right reasons or reason. The people of God must develop a mentality of pressing. And now I am making the link with the woman with the issue of blood. She had this in her head. Whatever it takes to get to Jesus, I'm going to reach him. 
And you and I must say, Lord, if I must spend a night in prayer, I'm going to do it. And you must remember that there are hurdles. The pride factor, the people factor, and the political things that will hinder us. And we will have to examine them one by one. Yes, pride is a big hindrance. Me, to go to church and ball, make people see me balling and say, is the spirit leading me? No, no, no. And we block the spirit out. Talk about pride. How can we direct the spirit? How can we? If your heart is filled with joy and tears come to your eyes, then cry. It does not the same way for everybody. Some people will be happy, they'll be excited, and you, know, you will never see a, a, a teardrop. But you can't discount the fact that they are excited about God and what the Spirit is doing in their lives. But pride is a big problem. Because somehow, for some congregations, we don't, we don't talk much about the manifestation of the Spirit. And we leave it to some people whom we claim are not so bright. Pride. It is pride. And so we must get rid of pride if that's the problem. But then we need to get rid of the people factor also. Fear of criticism and abandonment. We don't want people to disassociate from us to say, oh, so you join them too. Oh, no problem. I remember there was a time we called one of our city churches Pepper Church. Because, you know, it's hot and noisy. Now, I have nothing to say bad about those who are hot and noisy. As long as they are hot in Jesus. As long as they are making a joyful noise unto the Lord, it is okay. And I watch the energy of those who go to Sunfest and those who go to whatever bashment. They are people filled with the spirit of Satan. And when you see the energy that they are exuding, you ask yourself, so what of the people of God? Because some of us, once upon a time, we were out there with that crowd. And now we come to church. And, and it would appear as if, well, Lord, we have been thrown into an icebox. And we just, we are uncomfortable. Talk to me now. Tell me the truth. Are you comfortable sitting in the house of God? And if you raise your hand, you're watching to see who is looking at you. Or who is saying, oh, I make up so much noise. It's the reality. So if it has not ever happened to you, it has happened to somebody else. It has. You don't need to watch the people factor. You need to just press. Press. And who don't want to, you to press? Tell them, give me pass. Let me press. Because I must Touch the hem of his garment. And you know there's a story about the hem of his garment. And I'm going to tell you the story in, in short order. You see, the 
people of God must recognize. Right? The people of God must come to that place where they know that there is no substitute for the Spirit. And that there is no church without His presence because His presence comes with power. His presence comes with power. With all that we need to go forward. So if there is no presence, there is no power. And if there is no power, there is no reason to come. Maybe that's why hemorrhaging is still going on. Because people want something more. They want the presence of the Lord. For in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So when people come to church at Constant Spring Road, they are happy. They are excited. And when they leave, they leave with a sense of fulfillment. And they are saying, boy, it was good for me to have been there. Amen. But it should never be that when they go, they are saying, just as I thought it would be. They must leave here and say, boy, it was so much more than I expected today. Because the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. And when we recognize his presence, when we recognize his purpose and just give him room, he will do far more than we are able to ask or even think. The word, and I'm going to spell it for you first, T-Z-I-T-Z-I-T. And you can beam it for us, my sister. T-Z-I-T-Z-I-T. You could also think of the word tassel. All right? Tassel. And you could put alongside it hem. Hem. The hem. The fringe of the garment. And... In Psalm 91, reference is made. Psalm 91, 1 to 4 speaks to under his wings. Yes, and there is a truth there that healing is in his wings. Reference is made to the cloak that the Jewish Males would wear the same one that Christ was wearing when the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of the garment. When the woman touched the hem of his garment, it was an Old Testament word that came alive in her mind, in her heart. And drove her to press through the crowd. You see, this tassel was worn by 
the Jewish male as a reminder of the commandments. And the question we might want to ask, why did Jesus wear it? I'm going to leave that as an assignment for you today. But he was wearing it. And the woman with the issue of blood made this declaration. One, I am dying because I am suffering from this attention. Not just one year, not two, not ten, but twelve years. That's a mighty long time. She was suffering. But then she had reached that place in life where only spiritual, divine intervention could make the difference. For she was now penniless and perhaps soon to be friendless. Who knows if before long she wouldn't be homeless. Who knows if she wouldn't get to that place of hopelessness. But in her moment of, of predicament, it came to her mind, what of the tassels? What of the zit-zit on the master's cloak? And she determined there and then to touch the hem of his garment. And the word is that she worked her way up and she touched. She touched the hem. Look at it. She touched the hem of his garment immediately. Something happened because Jesus cried out, Somebody has touched me. And his disciples said, Master, you are in a crowd. How can you say somebody just touched you? He said, Yes, because power has gone out of me, virtue has left me. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is here today. He's here today, and he is robed. And the tassels are hanging situation. And he's saying to you, whomever you are, whatever your situation, whatever your circumstances, touch me and you will know that there is healing in my wings. Come to me despite of your pride. Put it aside. Despite of the people factor. Leave them because they don't mean you well. Some of us need to get out of the little cliques we are in. Come on, talk to me, somebody. We need to get out of these little things. Because church is not like parliament. It's not like how we run Grace Kennedy and all other companies. Church is church. Talk to me, choir members. If we can get to that place where we will touch the hem of his garment, we will say... You can stay where you are. As long as I have Jesus, it is all right. For I have touched 
the hem of his garment and know I know because he has made me well. We need healing this morning. Somebody need more than physical healing. Somebody needs spiritual healing. Somebody needs healing today such as we have never encountered in this place. Somebody need to come clean. Somebody need to come in the clear and say, I have been following Jesus, but I have never touched the hem of his garment.